reading from Jeremiah. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will sow the house of Israel and the house of Judah with the seed of humans and the seed of animals. And just as I have watched over them to pluck up and break down, to overthrow, destroy, and bring evil, so I will watch over them to build and to plant, says the Lord. In those days they shall no longer say, the parents have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. But all shall die for their own sins. The teeth of everyone who eats sour grapes shall be set on edge. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it in their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, Know the Lord. For they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. A reading from the second letter of Paul to Timothy. As for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to be the judge of, living, of the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I solemnly urge you, proclaim the message. Be persistent whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. Convince, rebuke, and courage with the utmost patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but having itchy ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. As for you, always be sober, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, 
carry out your ministry fully. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Jesus told the disciples a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, grant me justice against my opponent. For a while, he refused. But later, he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice, so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. In today's gospel, Jesus offers us a parable about persistence and the power that persistence has. And this parable that he offers is part of a bigger conversation that begins in the text prior to what we heard today, when some Pharisees asked Jesus, when is the kingdom of God coming? And now this Greek word kingdom here is basileia, and it refers to the realm or the dominion of a god. In the New Testament, it refers to the reign of the Messiah, the goodness and perfection of God in all things. And this word appears over a hundred times in the New Testament, and when Jesus speaks of it, he frequently speaks of it in parables, parables, as he does today. But his first response to the Pharisees' question is, the kingdom of God is not coming in things that can be observed, like, oh, look, there it is, or here it is. The kingdom of God, he says, is among you. This can be translated as in the midst of you or within you. And after he says this, he turns to his disciples and begins a long discourse that ends with this parable about the widow and the widow's persistence. She's seeking justice through a judge who describes himself as having no regard for God and no respect for people. 
The widow does not have the power that the judge has, nor does she have any power in the system of economics and the social system that she lives in. Yet, due to her persistence, due to the fact that she just keeps showing up, she keeps coming to the judge again and again, she prevails, and the judge relents. And against all odds, he grants her the justice that she is seeking. Jesus here, as he so often does, is using a story to convey something deep and profound to us, this time about the reign of God. This is a moment of God, of Jesus Christ, reaching out to us using the power of story. How precious is this? God, this mysterious something more, this source of all creation, this source of infinite love and wisdom, reaching out to us to guide us into greater fullness of life, the the fullness that we sense in our hearts and that we deeply long for. It brings to mind that iconic and powerful image painted by Michelangelo on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel of God's hand, reaching towards Adam's hand, almost touching, as God is is about to give Adam life. It's almost as if, if Adam receives it, there will be electrical power, almost like lightning. This is such a moment when God is reaching out to us Jesus Christ, with his intense compassion and love, reaching out for us who are longing to live in the fullness of eternal life and trying to convey something to us that will help us realize that in a story about persistence. We in our day-to-day human lives don't always live in that fullness. We have angst and worry, fear of death, grief. We may feel inadequate, unseen, unloved, We struggle with relationships, addictions, chronic busyness, trouble sleeping, and we live in a world that is filled with suffering, suffering, frankly, far worse than anything we here can imagine, impoverished people whose homelands and livelihoods are being destroyed through the ravages of consumerism and the ecological devastation caused by that. Thousands of refugee families fleeing from war or violence. Parents helplessly caring for children who are dying of hunger or of diseases for which there are no cures. God's beautiful creation is in deep need. And in the midst of all this, we are offered this hope, this new vision. We trace back the teaching that Jesus is offering to Jeremiah's oracle in today's reading about a covenant from God, a promise. I will put my law within the people. I will write it on their hearts, says the Lord. They shall all know me from the least to the greatest, says the Lord. The church took up this prophecy from Jeremiah, fleshing it out for us in the form of Jesus Christ, calling us to know what is inscribed in our hearts in fact, we already know and can sense. To know in the midst of hurt and suffering and fear that there is something more. Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann wrote, 
the core truth of our faith is this. The God of the gospel brings life out of death. The truth is, at rock bottom, an acknowledgement that God can probe into our deepest negations and create new possibility, new space for life, new waves of joy. How do we move into this life? How are we to realize this realm of God in the midst of us? What are we to be persistent about? We are to be persistent in our prayer and our practices that lead us to realize what is in our hearts to become. We are called to be persistent in love. We are called to know the truth inscribed in our hearts. Love not as a commandment, but as a spontaneous movement flowing in our souls. We are, be, we are to be persistent in our prayers to find out what is holding us back from bold engagement of this love. Not as a nice ideal, but as a lived reality. Luke tells us directly that this parable is about the need to pray always and not to lose heart. Paul encourages us in his letter that we heard today to be persistent whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. We need to be persistent in praying to follow the way that God is inviting us, knowing that our ways alone don't work. If our actual focus is being in control of life, ourselves, and doing things the same as we always have, we are closing ourselves to what God is offering us. When we are offered every Sunday at this altar the blood of Christ, the cup of salvation, do we really receive it? Do we take it in in that moment? Is it just a rote action? We are like people who have been given tremendous gifts that we don't quite know how to use. We have the capacity to give and receive and experience love endlessly. We have the capacity to sense God's presence. We have the capacity to give our lives to God and to the work of justice and love. We are called to be persistent in practices that free us and empower us to live this way. Our faith journey is not just another thing to be put on our burgeoning list of should-dos. Rather, our persistence in the practices of faith leads us to everything that we are most deeply longing for and hungering for. Our psalm today speaks of the ways to walk with God as a source of delight for us, not a laborious should. The psalm says, Oh, how I love your law. All the day long it is in my mind. Your commandment has made me wiser. It is always with me. I have more understanding. How sweet are your words. They are sweeter than honey in my mouth. What is translated as law here refers to Torah, specifically to the book of Deuteronomy. And that law is all about care for widows and orphans and immigrants and poor people and those who are suffering and those who have less. It turns out new life in God's fidelity is a life for the neighborhood, so writes Walter Brueggemann. 
a life devoted to the vulnerable, a life that includes all the others who are unlike us, who are left behind by the imperial system of economics in which we live. Thus, fidelity turns out to be solidarity between the rich and the poor, between the strong and the weak. This is a life about changed priorities, new policies, new practices, new commitments of time and money, new initiative of life for all our neighbors. Resurrection life here and now is about resonance with the Lord of new life being offered to us. It's about the inhaling of God's commandments and finding joy in the will and purpose of God in new life. This is what we are called to be persistent in. Jesus is not telling us what we should do to be good. Jesus is offering us tremendous jewels and riches of understanding to strengthen us and power us to do things we could not possibly do on our own, to be persistent in caring for the world, to be persistent in allowing our hands to be God's hands, to use in this hurting world that needs it, our resources to be God's resources, our life to be God's life in us. And in so doing, we are opened to the reign of God in our midst, to feeling the presence of God, which in truth we are longing for. All our angst is about feeling separated from that. What's hard is the release of our old ways that we are comfortable with and think keep us safe. The release into a leap of faith into new ways, that's what's hard. But we can trust in what God is telling us. And what could possibly be worth not living in the fullness of God's love, in the fullness of life that's possible? What could possibly be worth not living in the dominion of God inscribed upon our hearts. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.